All right. So on the Mind Wheel Football Coach Podcast today, we're not talking football. Uh, we're going to talk, talk. Yeah, I'm not the right guy to do that with. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and we don't always do that on on this podcast. Uh, we have Hayden Paul from the Stick of Joseph on. Welcome, man. I, Thank I really you, love man. Yeah, I'm pumped. Uh, I'm pumped to be on too. I was excited when you reached out. So that's awesome. Uh, for the listener, would you give just a little background about yourself, and then we'll just go from there, man. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, my background. I grew up in Sandy, Utah, and that's actually where I still live now. Um, and I grew up. I didn't play football growing up. I liked playing basketball. That was kind of my sport. My my mom always was like, "Yeah, you can play football later, later." And then by the time that like she said I could play football, I just like hadn't played it and I wasn't I was just like all right I'll just stick with basketball so but yeah I grew up here um grew up in a, a Latter-day Saint family so we're, yeah we're members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints a lot of people know us as Mormons and yeah grew up in that environment and you know spent my whole childhood going to church learning about Jesus and just you know living kind of the Christian childhood and then um when I graduated high school I ended up serving uh you know anyone who's familiar uh with you know the church would know like the the guys with the the black name tags and white shirts that look goofy you know what i mean and if they have mm-hmm. to wear bikes they have to wear those goofy helmets um but uh <laughs> yeah it's that is a it's a humbling experience i remember the first time i rode a bike uh on my mission I like we put on a helmet and we rode by kids and I'm not I'm not exaggerating when I say this the kids pointed and laughed at us because we looked so oh. goofy it was like a movie it was hilarious like I couldn't stop laughing I was like oh my gosh we're living a movie movie mm-hmm. but um yeah so I I served a two-year mission I served in Budapest Hungary and mm-hmm. so I learned how to speak Hungarian which isn't the most useful language but what it did oh. What it did teach me is that I can do hard things if I apply myself and I trust in God. And so, yeah, I learned Hungarian, served that mission. I loved it. It was amazing. And then when I came home, I got into, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, got into video production. That's what I did in mm-hmm. high school. And so I started kind of traveling the world doing video production and I loved it. I got to travel to like 15 countries or something and got paid to do it. And it was just like a good gig. I loved it. And then um, what happened is I started working for another organization called Operation Underground Railroad. And I worked for them for about three years, kind of put the video away. And then uh, I had an idea one day. I was driving in the car and I just had 30 minutes of what I felt like was inspiration specifically for me um, to start a YouTube channel and to do a docu-series on a book called The Book of Mormon, which for those who aren't familiar, uh, as Latter-day Saints, we believe that the Bible is the word of God. And we also believe that God has had other people throughout history that he has spoken to through prophets and who looked forward to the coming of Jesus Christ. And there is a record um, from the people of the ancient Americas uh, that did just that. And it's it's a book called The Book of Mormon. And so I was curious into what sort of historical and archaeological evidences exist of this book because it's been hotly contested since the you know the day it came off the press in in March of 1830, and so I was like let's let's dig into it and so that's what we did. I got my brother and we raised a little bit of money, flew over to the Middle East, 
Yeah, we were in Jerusalem, Jordan, Saudi Arabia for our first trip. And we followed the trail of kind of like the the main character, the main patriarch of the first part of the Book of Mormon, Lehi and his family. And we learned a, re- a lot of really cool stuff on the way. And uh, just to make this thing short, we as we're continuing to produce that, we made a YouTube channel. And I think I, I, there's no way to really check it, but I'm pretty sure it's the fastest growing Latter-day Saint YouTube channel right now. And uh, in about six or seven months, we've amassed, you know, 13,000 subscribers and, and uh, about a half million views, which we were super surprised about. And uh, we've really enjoyed it. We've met really cool people. And that's actually how, uh, you know, Zach reached out to us. And so that's that's my story. In a nutshell. Damn, what a what a cool story and for someone who i've coached football for a long time and i had a a player of mine who went on his mission and uh he's a member of the lds church Mm -hmm. and he would send me his monthly email i was on his email chain and uh, he was quoting from the Book of Mormon. I didn't know what he was quoting from at the moment because he was, mm-hmm. you know, it's Alma and Nephi. I'm like, what is this? You know, I yeah. don't, like never heard about those guys. Yeah, what is, who are these people? And uh, like I, we were talking before the podcast, our PRO gave me a Book of Mormon, and I've been reading through it. And for people that have never read the Book of Mormon, man, it's all about Jesus. And mm-hmm. I think there's just a, a misconception from people who are not LDS as to what is the Book of Mormon, what does it contain. And yeah, I would just love your take on that because I think it's a wonderful, yeah. I've really enjoyed reading it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I here's, and it's funny because we have a video that right after I'm done doing this podcast, I'm going to finish editing and posting today. And so this little sneak peek, depending on when you post this, but we, we recently just recorded a video kind of talking about this, that, you know, from the rest of the Christian world, the Book of Mormon gets so much pushback. Uh, it's immediately like, Extra biblical scripture must come from the devil, must be a fraud. Let's not, um, yes, let's not even contend with it. And you know, it makes me sad. I think it's a missed opportunity because there's nothing in the Bible that says there can't be more scripture than the Bible. A lot of times, people cite verses in Galatians um, or in Revelations that say, like, if anything is added to this book then it is not of God, you know, if anything, add more or less then it's not of me, right? The problem is, is that those books were written before other books in the Bible, chronologically, right? Oh, wow. And so, so it's just like, you, yeah, you can use those verses, but then there's multiple books in the Bible that, you know, we all revere that would fall in that category of extra biblical scripture then. Mm-hmm. And so there's some issues with that. But more than anything, and what that we talk about in this video is that the Book of Mormon, if it is true, which I believe it is, is like it should be a gem for the whole Christian world. All Christians should hope and pray that the Book of Mormon is true. And I'm going to tell you why right here. So since Christ's resurrection, there have been theories on how it was all made up. So in the New Testament, we read about how um, the chief priests um, like spread a rumor that if Christ actually resurrected, that it was because his disciples stole him out of the out of the tomb. And so mm-hmm. when he was resurrected and that was being proclaimed around, there was also this rumor that, oh, no, it was just the disciples. They took his body. Right. 
And so from the very beginning, and even today, when you have, you know, some of the most prominent atheists or people that are not friendly to Christianity, they have many reasons why uh, the resurrection, which really is like the, the major miracle of Christ's life, it's what makes him, you know, the savior of the world over, you know, death and hell. And so, you know, the, the three main things that, uh, or three of the things that people that are critical towards Christianity would point out is first, we have zero physical evidence of Christ's resurrection, which is true. I don't really know what physical evidence would exist after 2000 years. They didn't have photos of the empty tomb or anything like that. So yeah, there's not any <laughs> is what it is. Yeah. The second one is that all the accounts that we have in the new Testament happened decades that they were written at least decades after the event mm -hmm. took place. And uh, number two, it kind of goes along with that is that, you know, we have ideas about maybe who the authors are of the New Testament, but we actually don't know. There's not any hard proof that John actually wrote John because we don't know John. There's no way of verifying that, right? We just have this account was written by Mark. This account was written by Matthew and Luke and John. And so, but there's no way of actually proving it. Mm. And then this leads into the third point of what critics point out is, oh, it all comes from home court. There's no unbiased accounts of Jesus' resurrection. There's no like unbiased historical accounts of it. It's all just from Christians, mm -hmm. people who were pushing Christianity or sharing Christianity from the very beginning. So it could all just be made up, right? And guess what? Yeah, they all have a point. Like all those things are true. And that's why, you know, as Christians, and I think everyone would agree, that the idea of Jesus's divine godship and his resurrection are very much a matter of faith. And we're not going to pretend that we have like hardcore evidence for Jesus's resurrection. But this is where the Book of Mormon comes in. And you haven't got this far in the Book of Mormon yet. You're telling me you're in Alma. So yeah. spoiler alert, but I think I like it. Go ahead. <laughs> um, but the thing that's amazing about the Book of Mormon is if it truly is an ancient book of scripture, then it is 100% concrete evidence of Jesus Christ's divine godship and his resurrection. And the reason is, is because halfway through the, uh, the book, and you, you read this in the introduction, the crowning event of the Book of Mormon is when Jesus Christ appears in the flesh after his resurrection, and he teaches ministers and builds a church among the, these people called the Nephites in the Book of Mormon. And this account is like amazing. It's absolutely beautiful. He shows up. He declares that he is Jesus Christ, the son of God. He who came into the world um, and was slain for the sins of the people. And then what he does is he asks each individual there. one, And it says in the record, one by one, they came and felt the wound in his side and the wounds in his hand. And mm. they testified that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. And that's amazing because, and I'm sure people can make the connections now, but I'll just spill it all the way. As we said earlier, the New Testament in home court, it comes from like one location of the world, right? And it comes from a certain type of people, which are all believers in Jesus Christ. But if the Book of Mormon is truly an ancient record, that takes place on the other side of the world. Mm -hmm. a completely independent people who didn't live in the same place that the new Testament took place. And so if that record is true, 
there's no way there's no corroboration between those group of people to come up with some conspiracy to show that you know to make up that jesus christ is a son of god and that he resurrected but that's an independent source a second witness and that's why on the cover of the book of mormon it says the book of mormon another witness or another testimony of jesus christ i can't remember mm -hmm. i think another test another testament yeah. of jesus christ and that is why it is so legit. That is why all Christians should be pumped to at least read it. But what I see from a lot of Christians that are outside of our faith is this immediately this immediate demonization and hesitancy to even give it a chance. Mm -hmm. And I would just say, you know, I would I would open your mind and and give it a chance. Be skeptical of it for sure. I'm not saying just swallow it whole, but at least read it. But you don't get a lot of people that will even read it. They'll just re hear what their pastor says or they'll they'll read what, you know, so-and-so article or whatever YouTube channel says about the Book of Mormon. But they never actually read it themselves. And, you know, so that was long-winded. But I hope that kind of makes sense to why we're so passionate about this book. And as somebody who has not even finished reading it, I can see it because, I mean, I read it nightly, usually in the morning some. And, mm -hmm. like, this is beautiful. I mean, yeah. it's, it is for all Christians to mm -hmm. to go through. I think it's just a it's a wonderful thing. And like you said, there is some demonization. And it's, I think it's people that just don't understand mm -hmm. that really haven't read it and gone through it. And mm -hmm. I like to look at people and see like what's your fruit. And when I see somebody who's in the, the LDS church, like you see the fruit, man. Like that's mm -hmm. there. Like they're living the Christian life, and mm -hmm. it's just so beautiful, man. It's just so beautiful to me. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. What I'm curious, uh, is, is there any passage or chapter or story in the Book of Mormon so far that has really kind of touched your heart or you've really resonated with? Oh, man. Actually, Alma 34. Um, mm -hmm. mm, just, that's a great sermon. I mean, it's just it's just preaching about the Lord, like about his mm -hmm. sacrifice and how we respond to that. And mm -hmm. I think one thing that Catholics and Mormons really, or excuse me, LDS would really agree with mm -hmm is it's not just you don't just say the prayer and you're saved and you have salvation mm -hmm. like the the book of the book of mormon in the bible talk about working out our salvation mm -hmm. and we as catholics we have extra biblical biblical text as well we have the catechism and yeah. which most people just call the apocrypha right uh or there, if, yeah the catechism i don't understand the catechism explain that to me i, I actually so have never even heard that word so the cath the catechism of the catholic church is basically a lens through which to read the Bible. Mm. Like it takes okay. the writings of the saints of, of the church fathers of some of the apocryphal books. Mm -hmm. And this is how you like you use this to interpret the Bible. So okay. there's something that you don't get in the Bible. Like, Hey, this patches passage can be taken multiple ways. We refer mm -hmm. to the catechism. Yeah. And I see the book of Mormon as kind of the same or similar, right. Mm -hmm. To that. And so I, I see it as somebody who's, Catholic going, oh, yeah, I, I understand that. Like, similar. I totally understand that. It's similar. Um, and because people will say for us as Catholics, like, you know, why do you wear a tea bag around your neck and you wear a scapular? And, you know, mm -hmm. why do you think that's Jesus's body and blood? Like, why do you, and you, mm -hmm. you, you guys are cannibals? You know, people will say mm -hmm. stuff like that. And mm -hmm. it's like, no, like you, that's, that's what we believe. Mm -hmm. And we have reasons for believing it. And you don't have mm -hmm. to believe what you believe, but mm -hmm. there's no reason to demonize any of that. For sure. And you get yeah, that's. Uh, for as far as I understand, and obviously you can tell by my question about the catechism, I'm not super well versed. I've done I've done 
I would say a pretty, because there was a time after I got home from my mission that I was like, I wonder if all this stuff I believe is made up, <laughs> you know, I was like, is all this false? And so I did a probably about a good seven month deep dive as deep as I could into as much of Christianity as I could. I spent a lot of time in, uh, you know, kind of Protestantism because um, the girl I was dating at the time was an evangelical Christian. And so we spent a lot of time there, but I spent some time learning about Catholicism. And one thing that I appreciate about Catholicism is there still is a reverence for um, sacred ordinances and kind of rituals, you know what I mean? Yeah. And even though we have different rituals, there's actually a lot of um, crossover uh, between and I think that there's something about doing things physically in representation of things spiritually that helps ingrain it in our bodies, right? So we're we take the sacrament as well, what you guys call communion, um, mm -hmm. right? Uh, we take that every single Sunday, you know, as a remembrance. We we do uh, bread and and water, and we don't we don't believe uh, specifically in the doctrine of is it trans? Uh, what is it where it, it actually turns into the body of Christ when you partake or whatever. Transubstantiation. Uh, yeah, yeah, transubstantiation. We don't we don't believe in that, but we do look at it as like a sacred symbol. We take it very seriously. That's like the every Sunday. That's the reason we go to church is to renew our commitment to Christ. And so I really appreciate about that that about the Catholic Church, and I think uh, it there is a seriousness for those for those who do participate and you know this because you know you you, you seem to take your religion seriously I, when i went on my mission i would like knock on people's doors and i'd be like hey are you uh uh do you believe or are you religious and they'd be like yeah i'm catholic and i'd be like okay so you believe in god no i don't believe in god okay. and then i was like what and so i obviously uh catholicism it, it has and this isn't everyone, obviously, but it has kind of a big group of people that is very just like cultural for them. It's like they get baptized when they're babies, then they identify as Catholics, and then maybe they go to mass, you know, twice a year, Easter and Christmas, right? right. But for those who do take their religion seriously, I, 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 I think Catholicism is a beautiful, um, a beautiful religion. And there's a lot of uh, things that are very similar to our faith in there. Yeah, I love learning about the ordinances of the LDS Church and the temple because that that like you said that rings true to me. Mm -hmm. Okay, I get that. It's serious. This is serious business. This mm -hmm. helps us become more like Jesus. Mm -hmm. And like I said, man, the fruit of pe the people who are the members of the LDS Church of, that I've met is just like th those people are living like Jesus. Well, I'm glad I'm glad that you've had that experience. And I will say this: I don't want to burst your bubble, but just anyone listening. We, there's also people that are not super Christ-like in our right, sure, just, absolutely. It's just like yeah. every every single organization, and and one one issue that I see, and this isn't this isn't just unique to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but it's religion in general. Is what what's happening right now in our society with this mass secularization, kind of pushing God out of our culture, is one of the tactics in doing that is when they point out to I, I think what happens is critics of religion, they take human problems such as mm -hmm. pride, greed, selfishness, lust, whatever it is, right? These are unique or not unique. They're general to all human beings. And then they make it a religious problem. So they're saying, see, look it, this religion, 
makes this person do this. And because a religious leader does something, you know, evil, which, you know, it happens in the LDS church. There's, there's been LDS uh, church leaders at various levels that have done really bad things and in the Catholic church as well. And that's, that's one thing I hate that like they point out. Yes, that there have been problems in the Catholic church with, with certain, you know, really not good things. Mm-hmm. But don't contend with that. Don't use that as the reason for why Catholicism is false or why it's bad or whatever, right? Because right. look at the doctrine. Look at look at what they are teaching. Now, if the leaders in either church, my church or your church, if they're not living up to those standards, then that's between them and God. And they're going to have to give an account of that. But at the end of the day, I think as, as Christians, when people are critical towards our beliefs and they you know, paint with broad strokes across our whole religion, we need to kind of call that out and say, you know what? Like, no, yeah, this person did something really bad, but that doesn't completely delegitimize the purpose of religion or the doctrines that we espouse. Yeah, absolutely, man. You're hitting Mm -hmm. it right on, right on the head. And what you, are you talking to me right now? It's making me want to watch all your videos. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to you know, go through and give you all these these, these views. And, oh, like, you really have a gift. Like, you guys have a gift on your channel. Oh, thank you. I wish my brother could be here, but he wasn't. He wasn't able to make it. But it's okay. Yeah. I'll share the link. You guys could. Okay. Cool. Could share it with whoever you want to share it with, and do all that th- all that stuff. Uh, yeah. I was looking at my listenership, and there are people from Utah who listen to this podcast. I don't uh-huh. know any of them besides you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I was like, who's listening? I don't know. Besides Hayden, I don't, I'm not cool, sure. Man. Yeah. Um, that's cool, man. That's awesome. So man. what is your day to day? Like you got, you, you recording every day. Is that what you're doing for your channel? Yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been that way so far. Like I, I, we kind of dropped everything and, you know, we've been making a little bit of a, you know, making a sacrifice as a family to do this. Cause we believe that it's good. And so, yeah, it's been kind of the full-time thing for, since last year, since November of last year. And uh, yeah, the day-to-day kind of, there's a lot of studying involved, trying to, you know, think about, you know, the next video we want to do. It's There's this hard balance um, with YouTube where we want to put out like the best thought out things that we can. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's also this balance of like, yeah, there's people that have literally spent their whole lives, their whole scholarly lives studying one aspect of one thing of the gospel or of the Book of Mormon. Right. And so it's like there is there is a there is no bottom to how deep you can dive into this stuff. Yeah. And so it's kind of this hard balance of how do we feel comfortable in sharing something online and that it is somewhat comprehensive, but also not get too caught up in it where we just spend our whole lives studying and not sharing anything because we believe it's important to share because hopefully, um, you know, the things that we do share, get people curious enough to like do some studying themselves. We hope that we're always looked at as like a, a catalyst for Mm -hmm. personal study instead of a replacement. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's kind of the day to day studying, trying to come up with videos, editing, and it's, uh, it is a grind, but it's been it's been super rewarding because we've met so many awesome people mm-hmm. through the comments. I, I think one thing that people have been surprised about with us is because we get 
I, I wouldn't say, I mean, it might be like 40 to 50% of comments are very critical towards us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's just kind of the nature of YouTube and especially talking about something that's a little controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I think people have been surprised that even if people are critical towards us, we've had multiple phone calls with people and they've been really nice phone calls. And we've become friends with people that have mm-hmm. commented very negative stuff towards us because we're not looking to get in arguments online. We're looking to give a reason for the hope that is within us the way that Peter, you know, told us to. And so it's because of that, because of the ability to talk to people and, you know, meeting you, um, mm-hmm. you know, through, I I've seen your comments really since the, the very beginning. And it's been, it's been fun seeing comments from you and you were like, Hey, come talk to me. I was so pumped. Like that's, that's one of the main reasons why we love doing the YouTube channels because we're meeting awesome people along the way. So that is so cool, man. That is so neat. So when people comment, I imagine there's a visceral reaction because <laughs> like, what the heck? Like they don't understand, but then you have to wade uh-huh. through that because that's your life. I mean, you're putting yourself out there online. That's got to be yeah. tough. Yeah, it's been, it's been hard and we've learned, we've learned just to realize that like, first off, what people say online is what, what is not what they would say in person. So yeah, yeah, remember that. And then number two is just like, yeah, <laughs> like I, we just had to get comfortable with, with criticism and it's fine. Cause we, we've gotten a lot of good criticisms and we've tried to implement what we felt like were fair and good criticisms into improving ourselves and, and the content that we're making. And I don't, I don't ever want to be in uh, an echo chamber. I don't want to be posting videos and just have slap on the back. You're so awesome. You're so awesome. You're so awesome. Right. Cause eventually then you get this big head and then that's where, you know, this idea of priestcraft comes in where the difference between um, being a, a proclaimer of the gospel and someone who's participating in priestcraft is someone who's proclaiming the gospel is pointing to the light and saying, look at that's the light. Mm-hmm. But if you just get only positive feedback, you can start mistakenly thinking that you're the, you're the light. And I think uh, that's where priestcraft comes in, where you start to say, I'm the only one that can interpret the scriptures. I'm the only one that can do this or that or whatever and start trying to draw people towards you instead of pointing them to Jesus. And so because of that, I'm, you know, I'm grateful for the criticism because hopefully it just keeps us on the right path. And you guys are definitely pointing people to Jesus, man. Like, Thanks, I mean, man. in a big, big way. And thank you for coming on and doing this. I know you're busy and you got all kinds of stuff to do, but thank you for taking the time to talk with us today. For sure, brother. Good talking to you. I appreciate the opportunity. It's been a good combo.